Okay, so uh, I'm online to uh, JD Simo, who's uh, over here at the minute doing a well, it's sort of nearly the end of your your year's tour, isn't it? You've been doing yeah. like 193 dates or something. I've been reading about tonight is show 200. Wow, a special occasion yeah. then. Very much so. Yeah, we're in Wolverhampton tonight. Right. We just we just arrived and uh, <coughs> and yeah, it's uh, tonight is show 200, and we've got. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I think we've got like a like eleven or twelve in the UK left, and then we've got we go to Finland, and then we've got a few in America to close the year out. Okay. So excellent. And I mean that's a, that's a, a hefty schedule. How do, how do yeah. you keep pre- prepared for that sort of thing? I mean, mentally and physically, and also you're a bit of a vintage equipment man. How do you keep all of that working? Uh well. First of all, you can't prepare for it because unless you do it, unless you do it or have done it before, there's no way to kind of prepare for it. Okay. Um, you just do it. Yeah. And you figure out as you go along how you're going to keep yourself together. You know, I think that probably the most important aspect of touring, really the most important thing is you and you know your bandmates and your crew people like you've got a really it's like a marriage you know and you have to stay you have to communicate like you would if you were married you know because uh, if things get left unsaid or or if you know you say something that hurts somebody's feelings and they you know a month later it's still bugging them you know stuff like that <clears throat> you're gonna fall apart yeah but actually the most important thing uh, is is just keeping on a healthy footing relationship wise with your whole team because otherwise you're going to fall apart yeah. and you're not gonna, you're not going to make it fifty shows if you don't figure that out. Yeah. Um, so that's that. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> you know the health the healthy side of thing you know you just can't be a knucklehead you know it's yeah. like if you're gonna you know if you're gonna go party do it before a day off you yeah. know don't do it when you've got. I think the most we've done in a row was like we did like 12 shows in a row. Okay. And that's like a marathon, you know, where it's like you just have to, you just have to, you know, the second the gig is over, you know, go to bed and get your sleep and, yeah. you know, try and stay healthy. Yeah. And then on the equipment side of things, it's not really that much of a big deal, really. That's the least of my worries. Because, okay. you know, you kind of figure out, again, you kind of figure out what works and what doesn't work pretty early on. And once you get everything settled, really, it's whenever you acquire a new piece of equipment, there's usually a, you know, a few weeks where you're kind of figuring out how to get it to be stable. Okay. But once it's stable, then you just take care of it. You know, that's really kind of the least of my worries. Okay. Excellent. And, and so you're on a, a it's a co-headlining tour with uh, Aaron Keylock and uh, Federal Charm. Uh-huh. How do you, how do you work out? Who goes on each night? Do you toss a coin, or is it just that night you're the? One oh no! Somebody somebody worked it out long before, so they just tell us. Right. <laughs> yeah. So do you know where you are? Like, who's headlining tonight, and then who's headlining tomorrow night, and or do you yeah, just find out on the yeah, day? it's we we just uh, uh, tonight we're playing last. We just it's just it, we just go one by one, and somebody whoever it was, I don't know the I guess promoter or somebody you know i don't know they just right. told us the first night who right. was playing what right. and then you just right so yeah so uh-huh. does, it, does the head well not the headlining act but the last act do you get a longer 
longer time on stage or is it all even sets no it's all even sets and that really is that really is difficult for us um because it's you know because again you know it's like out of 200 shows this year you know we've done some support tours and stuff like that and obviously on festivals and stuff like that where you know you play 45 minutes or or whatever but you know you know in the in the span of a tour you know, it's like that'll be, you know, oh, yeah, those two shows are 45-minute sets or something, and then mm-hmm. you get back to your normal. And uh, and so that's been something that's been been tough for us because it's just night after night, you know, to do 17 of those in a row kind of sure. sucks. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, it depends on – I mean, I don't think the other two bands care so much, but – but but for us, I mean, we like to play. I, I mean, was going to say, do you you'd like to stretch things out a bit live and jam? Well, a bit more? We, first of all, we don't write set lists right. ever. Yeah. We don't write a set list. We get up on stage and we play whatever it feels right that night. We Good have man. very subtle cues to determine where we want to go next with one another. Sure. And that and so yeah, I mean, you know, we like to play. I mean, you know, I'm very much of the mindset of. You know, there's there's 24 hours in a day, uh-huh. and you know if you spend all day traveling and being away from home and all that, you know it's like the most important part of that day is the actual getting to play part. Sure. You know, yeah. and so to play to play less is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, just because you know it's like that's the that's the fun part. Sure. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, so that's been a bit difficult for us. Like I said, I don't think the other two care so much, but uh, um, you know, for us, it's been adjustment, especially because we came straight from the Europe, the the, the continent tour, sure, uh, you know, of twenty some shows or whatever. And so, yeah, like three, four shows in, it was like, oh man, all right, we got to get used to this, <laughs> you know. And obviously, I mean, you said you don't have a set list. Then, uh, do you have like a pool of songs this time around that you sort of go, right? We better play these ones because we've only got forty-five minutes. Uh, or whatever. Well, we're or, really good at it. We're really good at gauging. It's tough to describe, and I think most people would think we're kind of trying to BS them or something. But we know we know which songs are going to tend to be longer than others right. generally, and we know which ones are the small, are the shorter songs and stuff like that. So we're pretty good at gauging. Okay. Because again, we've done it so many times that it's just, you know, we're pretty good at it. Sure. You know. But I wondered if you had like, because obviously you've got an album out at the minute, uh, Let Love Shine yeah. Away, and I just wondered if uh-huh. you were trying to showcase more of that in the short no. amount of time that you have, or no, not necessarily. I no. mean, we just want to go out and play. Well, because here's the thing, I I'm very much of the mindset of that. The more that you kind of leave open to what feels like the right thing to do at that particular moment, mm-hmm. the more chance of it being actually truthful and 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 real. Um, if you go in with too much of a premedicated kind of thing, I think that that's an, the antithesis of what rock and roll is. You know, right. I think that whatever you can do to make it primal and spontaneous. And make it so that you're going to be into what you're doing is going to make for a better go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're playing songs off that of, off Let Love Show The Way. We've got, you know, other songs that from an album previous that we had released on ourselves before we got a record deal that we yeah. play. And then also the second this tour ends, we're making our next record. So we've got about 40, 50 songs ready <clears throat> to go in and cut this next record. So we're playing those two so on any given night, it's, 
you know, it can be anything from basically a repertoire of about 70 or 80 songs at this point. Okay. So, wow. yeah. That's good. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've got all those songs written um, for the next album. Were you happy with the way, because of the, because of the fact that you do like to, to jam and just take things spontaneously and stuff, are you ever happy with a record when it's been finished? Or do you have to sort of say, well, that's what it was and, you know... I'll leave it at that. Well, I mean, there's, well, there's two ways to answer it. I mean, I think that, yes, I mean, we, we were happy, um, with, with let love show the way, but you know, we've played 200 shows now since that record came out in January. Yeah. And so it feels very old to us now, you know, so we're ready to do the next thing. And I think that that's a healthy place to be. It's not a, uh, it's not necessarily that we dislike it or anything. It's just that we've grown past it, you sure. know, which is, I think, again, like, I think that's the healthy position to be in. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, we were, we were very pleased with it at the time. You know, I mean, we made that record in two days, um, you know, and it's, a, I think, you know, it's, we made that record last summer, actually. Right. Uh, the summer of 2015 over the course of about a day and a half, two days. And, you know, that's what we sounded like in those two days, you know. So um, I think it's a good kind of introduction. I think that in a lot of ways, you know, it it afforded us the opportunity to kind of start our career, as it were. Where now we've toured all over the world and we've started to gain a fan base Mm -hmm. and start to build a career for ourselves. And, you know, now it's up to us to go in and make a a better record that is – you know, I'm sure is going to be a lot more defined, a lot less derivative, um, because, you know, there's just no, I can't stress enough to young musicians or, or bands or whatever. I mean, you have to play, you have to play because, you know, the, the three of us in our band, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, came into, came into all this basically as professional musicians since we were kids, you know, it's not like we hadn't, uh, had a lot of experience. I mean, I especially, I mean, I played on 500 albums or so sure. before, yeah. Yeah. before, uh, this band even formed. Yeah. But even with all of that experience going into it, I can't tell you what playing 200 shows does. It, it makes you, it, well, like I said, first of all, if you survive it, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, that that's one thing, but it, but it just, it just, it, you, if it, it refines you, it makes you figure out what works and what doesn't work. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just it's the way so, to do it. They say sort of, you know, like one gig's worth ten rehearsals in a in a rehearsal. Yeah, room, isn't it? It's, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, so, that's about right. I'd think. So. Yeah, fantastic. And, and you know, will you be refining the the songs that you have written and stuff? Will you be refining them before you go into the studio, or are you are you more just let's get in, get set up, play it, and do it a few times and see what comes out or or what well i mean it's it's tough to say at this point because a lot of the stuff i think is pretty much where it needs to be we've already in our we've had little breaks in touring like three days here four days here that kind of thing where we started pre-production on the new record back in august right so we've already have you know several months worth of pre-production already done yeah um but that being said we're playing pretty much everything, you know, you know, right now. Okay. And so that refinement is happening just in the live shows as, 
you know, right now. And then, but then when we get home to America, um, we do have, um, a few weeks, uh, blocked off before we actually go into the studio where we're going to do, you know, another couple of weeks of pre-production just right before we go in, which really is just, I think if nothing else is just to take a, take a minute and just kind of, you know, breathe for a second, just because we haven't, Well, yeah, because I mean, we just, I mean, we've been home total like 42 days since January, you know? And, uh, so to actually be home for two months is going to be incredible. Um, even though we're making a record in that time. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's still, and and when are we looking to some refinement? When are we looking to have this album out? Um, I think what they're looking at is they're looking at either summer or fall of next right. year. Okay. I think is what they're looking at. So, Great. you know, we're going to make it in January and February. It'll be done in February. And then, uh, I think they're going to, you know, start okay. the press for it in the spring. Sure. Okay. And then I think it'll come out. Yeah. In the yeah. summer or the early fall, I think is when they're looking to do that. Excellent. But that's not my bag. No, that's sure. The, You're just, the, uh, that's a suits. <laughs> Fantastic. And I suppose I should ask you, I mean, this will be the, your first time back to America. Is it since you've got a new president-elect? And uh, <laughs> how, how do you feel that the, the country might have changed by the time you get back? I don't think that the country will have changed any, but, um, you know, it's... Uh, how do I say this? <laughs> on a radio program. How yes, do I say absolutely. this on a radio program? How do I say this without cursing and <laughs> by trying to be also diplomatic? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think in the in the grand scheme of things it's going to change very much. Mm-hmm. However, and and this is something that I feel very strongly about, and something that I've been talking about an awful lot, because uh, a, a, a vast majority of 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 our fan of our fan base, yeah, are uh, people our age, yeah. Um, and what I keep saying to him is I keep saying, you know, it's up to us to actually get involved in the political process and to actually educate, take the time to educate ourselves and actually act upon it. Yeah. Because staring at a computer screen and liking or disliking something or retweeting something doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's our future as we continue to become, you know, mature adults and then go on to have families and such, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's up to us. Yeah. And I think that, you know, at this moment in America, there's a huge faction of Americans that are not happy with the way things went. A very huge part of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that what we need to do is we need to let the rest of the world know that. I think that more than anything, we have to you know, there's going to be some pretty massive protests and and uh, demonstrations that are going to take place around the inauguration. Right. Um, there's one in particular that's going to be happening in Washington that, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there ends up being four or five million people as right. part of it. Wow. Um, and really, what they're saying is, you know, peacefully demonstrating, basically saying, listen, you know, I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I believe in re- religious freedom, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and these are the ideals by which I want to live in a country that supports these ideals, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the most important 
you know, it's let your voice be heard. And if you believe, if, if you have certain ideology, you know, that's supposed to be what our country is, 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 is good at, mm-hmm. is that you're free to voice yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's a negative repercussion to that, <laughs> you know, if it goes one way. Yeah. But I think that that's the most important thing is just, you know, uh, and that's what I'm uh, right now talking to you is I'm saying, you know, I, I'm an American. I'm not a racist. I'm not a sexist. I yeah. believe in religious freedom. Yeah. You know, I believe in, in, in basic civil rights for homosexuals, yeah. you know, yeah. and, uh, and I, you know, and I, okay. you know, I do not support the, basically the bigotry and, and, and the, the crassness of our president elect. I yeah. think it's, it, it represents a very negative faction of our country that, um, you know, I'm embarrassed exists. So there you oh, go. Thanks for that. That's very honest of you. Um, let's be a little bit lighter. Obviously, you you did have a um, an early start on the guitar at five, I think, wasn't it, when you first picked up the guitar? Yeah. 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 Four or five. Somewhere um, in there. Can you remember what the first thing was that you learned? Uh, I don't remember what the exact first thing was, but the, my first conscious memory of actually learning to play something was Heartbreak Hotel by okay. Elvis Presley. Right. That's like my first conscious memory right. where I was like sitting with a record and really fig- trying to figure out how the hell yeah, Scotty well, Moore was playing the, the lead break in it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, you had five, you've played on 500 albums or so. You were saying it's a session where you were, you were a big session man in Nashville for a while. What what would have been your highlights without naming and shaming? What was your highlight and what was your uh, your low point? Oh man! Uh, well, that's a good question. My highlights would be, you know, I played on the new Beyonce record on the track that Jack White produced. Right. Um, that's probably one of the probably one of the highlights because getting to work with jack uh was was really great okay uh spent the day at his house <clears throat> working on the track and it was really funny because i showed up at, at jack's house and i had to sign a non-disclosure right. <laughs> to, you yeah, know to, yeah. to you know because they didn't want anybody knowing that beyonce was working with jack white sure, right and uh which I thought was really funny. It was, you know, because I'd never signed a non-disclosure sure, in my life. Sure. But uh, so that was really fun, and it was great to work with him, and it was great to see. Okay, this guy is as great as I think he is. Right. You know, uh, your illusions weren't shattered. Yeah, you know, and it's and and you know because I've worked out. They'll remain nameless because I'm on the radio. But yeah. uh, you know, there's been some other people that I really love that I got a chance to work with that I was completely like wow, you are crap, you know, like you, you are bull. So, um, Jack was not that case and it was really a fun session and it was fun to work on. And then when the record finally came out and now I can finally talk about it, it's, it's cool. That's something I'm proud of. As far as low moments, there's probably more low moments than there were good moments. And that's part of the reason why I'm no longer a session player. Um, just because, and I try and explain this in a way that people would understand, you know, it's, it was an incredible experience for me. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about record making. I learned a lot about the business. Uh-huh. And it helped refine me, you know, in a uh, a million freaking ways. Yeah. But, you know, it's just you're there to be you're there to do whatever is asked of you, whatever is asked of you, however, you know, whatever. It's 
it's a very non-creative you know it's basically being the musician the musical equivalent to like a short order cook you know yeah. it's like i want my eggs over medium okay yeah. here you go here's yeah. some eggs over medium yeah. and the monotony of that just drove me crazy and uh the majority of the time you're working on stuff that you think is crap right you know yeah. um it becomes more of the norm because you know more crap music generally is kind of recorded than things that are quality i mean that's just you know it's with all of the music that is made today i mean not all of it is good yeah you know sure. not all of yeah, it is yeah. great yeah <laughs> so that becomes difficult then because if you're not into what you're doing and you're not really contributing anything other than just doing what's asked of you it just if you do that day after day after day month after month after month it gets to be a bit laborious you yeah, know so yeah, just like any other job so it just yeah i mean i just got to a point where i just i, I didn't want to do it anymore okay. and that's when luckily opportunities opened up for me you know to to end up joining the band that now is mine yeah. you know because that was what happened was the band the original the original rhythm section uh adam who still is the drummer for simo and the original bass player Frank Sport, they had a band called Funk Wrench, right. and I loved their band, and I essentially joined their band, right. and then that became Simo, and then, you know, it morphed where eventually Alad Shapiro ended up joining on bass, yeah. and it's been the same ever since. But, <clears throat> you know, it really was, you know, I didn't form a band; I basically no, you, you joined, joined one. Because, yeah, because yeah. I loved their band. You know, I right. just thought they were great. So, and that's, it was like, all right, let's do this. That's good. So, so that worked out well in the end, hasn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah, good, good. So last couple of questions. I won't keep you much longer. Um, sure. If you could play any iconic, so if you'd been able to record any iconic or famous guitar solo in history, which one would it be? You know, if you could sort of transform yourself into. Oh, own. I'd want to. I'd, I'd, it would be, it would be Scotty Moore. It would be Heartbreak Hotel. Okay. Good answer. It's easy. It's easy because <laughs> well, no, because I mean, Scotty just Scotty was. You know, I think that especially nowadays, you know, it's like <laughs> the guitar tree is so kind of muddled mm -hmm. because there's just so much information, so many guitar players, all that. But it's like if you do your if you do your homework and you go back and you look, you know, I mean, it's like Scotty Moore and Chuck Berry invented modern guitar play and BB King too, yeah. but. I mean, as far as rock and roll, you know, I mean, you had Scotty Moore and you had Chuck Berry. And then underneath him, you had some other brilliant like guitar Cliff, players Cliff that Gallup are. And yeah, exactly. That are less yeah. known. I was going to say Cliff Gallup, yeah. James Burton, yeah. um, Eddie Cochran, you know, yeah. but uh, uh, Dwayne Eddy, yeah. you know. But, uh, but I mean, as far as like right at the forefront, though, I mean, you had Scotty and Chuck Berry. And, you know, to me, it was just, you know, I just thought Scotty. Is was and will always be one of the coolest dudes that ever walked the planet, and uh, you know it's you can you know all of his solos are they're like songs themselves. You sure. can sing them, yeah. you know, you can sing them, and it's just he invented that. I mean, nobody did that before him. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, you right. know, yeah. He was, so he was an so yeah. No, Heartbreak Hotel, you know, which also as a song, I think that. It's such an odd song, you know, because it's this kind of moody, dark thing about suicide, you know? Yeah. It's like this weird song. 
you know, when literally the big song on the radio at the time was like, you know, who's that dog in the window, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and here's this weird, moody, dark song, yeah. you know, so anyway. And a, and a great solo go. in it, is, of course. Or great two yeah. solos in it, isn't that? Because he, he plays the yeah. in there, so yeah, good stuff. Yep. Thanks so much for your time. Just to uh, reiterate, we'll be seeing you at the Clooney in Newcastle uh, a week on Wednesday on the 30th. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you there. And, yeah. And, and Aaron and Federal Charm. Where else are you playing between then? Can you remember? Before? No, I have no I'm idea. I've got a clue. Um, <laughs> it I must think be we're in Bristol tomorrow. Tuesday, right. And then I don't, I don't know. I think we're playing maybe York, I think. Right. And they can go on our website. Yeah, yeah. And where can they find your website? What's your address? Oh, Simo, Simo.fm. Um, or just Google us, you know, Google yeah. Simo the band, you know, cause okay. all the, the Twitter and the, and the Instagram and the Facebook and all that stuff will come right. up. So Grand. JD, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to do so. Oh, it's been my pleasure. So um, thank you for having me, okay? Okay. Thanks very much. All right. God, God bless, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, JD. And, uh, catch See you, you later. next week. Okay, man. Safe journeys. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right, you too. Bye. Thanks.